uh, okay, today is Tuesday. Uh, it is, yeah. Uh, and we are still in lockdown. Uh, it's Tuesday. If you're watching this in the UK, I think it's been extended by three weeks. If you're watching this abroad, um, no idea what's happening in other countries. It's hard to really mm-hmm. keep track of it. If you're in Denmark, you can now go out and get a haircut, I've heard, which is what I need. So I need to go to Denmark if that was a possibility. Um, but apparently there is a like a two or three week waiting list like for just the most basic barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, but that's, that's where we are. But either way, we hope you're staying safe. We hope you're doing okay. We hope your families are doing okay. Uh, that's the main thing. Whilst you are following along with us and learning... Uh, all about this amazing topic, which is online business and ultimately how you can create an online business uh, and generate an income, uh, get your message out there, put your creative work into the world or professional work, whatever it is. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you get the result and the outcome you're looking for. Now, this week specifically, we're talking about an expert business and an expert business is essentially creating an online business and and selling your knowledge, your information, your skill set within a package that somebody can now purchase. So rather than having to go to this person, that YouTube video, this YouTube video, what they can do is come to one expert who they like, know and trust and actually purchase what they have to uh, say, what knowledge they have to impart. And we discussed yesterday the economics of that model, what the value ladder looks like, the different stages that you'll be selling into and very much where to start. So that's what we focused on yesterday. So if you are checking in today, um, today we're going to be focusing on, now we know exactly what we're doing within our expert business and what we would like to talk about and the information that we would like to sell. Now, the next thing is how do we actually get that in front of an audience? How do we build an audience? How do we attract their attention? What's the quickest way? What's the most effective way? What's the most powerful way to do that as it as it stands in the world of online right now? So, okay, I'll take a pause there um, and hand over to Carl just to add a few uh, bits if he, if he wants to in this introduction. Sure. So we're going to be covering this topic, how to leverage your expertise into a business. We're going to be covering it this whole week. So we started yesterday and we are following loosely um, something we call the Baton framework, which is something we use in our business, um, both to build our own businesses and to help our clients. Um, So we have clients as well in multiple different niches and Baton is being held up there. Baton is uh, business, audience, tribe, offer and network. Yesterday we talked about business, like working out what actual value are you going to be providing and why should people um, you know, come to you for that. We're going to be talking a bit about that today, but today, Tuesday, is primarily audience. So it's about what is our message and what uh, techniques, what tools are we using to get out into the world and to be noticed. That's what we're going to be focusing on today. Absolutely. And I guess then very much the first question that would pop to somebody's mind is, um, how do we how do we tell people that we know what the hell we're talking about? Like (laughs) that we know. So for example, um, myself and yourself, we're talking digital marketing. We're talking online business. We're talking about generating your revenue online. Mm. So the, one of the ways in which we uh, can validate or verify the way and show you guys that we know what we're talking about would be, to do a daily show Monday to Friday every day at 12 o'clock and then talk about the subject. 
that, so sounds, that sounds like far too much hard work. That sounds like hard work. Uh, and and that's, that's, I can't believe we actually uh, embarked on this project. But now we're in it and I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. So, but how do you at home do something similar? How do you let people know that you're an expert within a specific subject and, and start to attract an audience's attention around that particular topic? So I guess the first question I would fire out if I was a listener is, okay, but how do we do this? Uh, yeah. What's the first starting point? So it used to be a lot simpler. It used to be you would appear on TV, you would appear in newspapers, you would be recognized as an expert and there were gatekeepers, there were publishers, there were organizations who decided like you are the expert. Mm. That still exists. If you go on the BBC as an expert in international affairs or something, that's a huge uh, signifier that you are an expert. However, that's the traditional publishing route, which is still used, but it's no longer the only way which is great we have the internet now so people can self-publish we can write our own books we can put our own content out there and increasingly things like youtube are outstripping the traditional tv networks they're becoming mm. the most relevant um way to talk to an audience and talk to talk to the world as a whole um so previously we had these gatekeepers who said you are an expert you may now come on the bbc and talk about this um, so it was nice and simple. You either were an expert or you were not an expert. Nice. Mm. Now, because we have control, we the people, um, it's very dem democratic, we have control of the, um, the ability to publish. So there's no longer this certainty of who the expert is and who the expert, uh, who isn't an expert. That does allow some people to come in and pretend they are experts and to fake it. Um, mm. That's not what we're talking about today. Correct. Those people get found out eventually. Um, Correct. Very quickly because, again, the internet is very open. Um, there's a lot of information out there, so it's very easy to uncover these people nowadays. Maybe they'll make some money. Um, if smash and grab, a couple of months, they'll make some money, and then they'll jet out and never be heard of again. We're not yeah. talking about that. If, you, if you're looking for short-term income, and that's your purpose here, and you're thinking, actually, I don't want to build a long-term business because all the philosophies we talk about is – creating long-term value um, that's that's the key here and then you'll mm -hmm. have a sustainable business that generates income for many years to come if you want short-term income and you're and you're open to transacting your time for money then check out last week's yep. stuff i mean that's amazing so uh, normally i mentioned at the start but there's a there's a big list of income generation um techniques which is on a link in the description below uh or one of the one of the videos from last week and it's a 200 plus different ways to make money online whilst in lockdown whilst all this craziness is happening which you can do at home so if you're looking for cash immediately go check out last week mm -hmm. if you are looking at building an online business and long-term value and then focus on today so this is this is where to spend time so you're going to get a balance of both from us this is where our real passion is though building a long-term value business yeah we're very boring you'll hear us use the word value like a lot mm. um because uh, it's something we believe in um so if you are in today's world where we have the ability to access we can talk to anybody in the world really it's kind of amazing we don't need to go on tv the fact that you and i are talking we're in different places talking to cameras and talking to the world to hundreds of thousands mm. of people is i don't think we as humans step back enough and kind of think wow this is this is kind of a big deal um that we can do this this is an amazing this is almost magic mm. um so now we have that we need to we need to build 
authority. We need to build trust so that people know that we're an expert and they uh, they accept us as an expert. And the quickest way to do this is through education. Mm. The quickest way is to teach, to talk about what it is you know about and to teach people about it. Yeah, there's a few ways. You know, there's there's uh, to there's entertain, mm-hmm. there's uh, make people laugh, humor. There's create uh, storytelling, some high level storytelling. There's lots of there's there's journalism. There's lots of different ways and techniques that you can use in order to uh, almost attract an audience's attention or or build an audience's attention very quickly. Now, a lot of those items also require quite unique skill sets like they have quite a lot of variables associated with them so you know you may say actually i'm I'm a fantastic i I know my subject but i'm just not a very funny person you know so you're not you may not at this stage be able to tap into that part so we're saying look let's make it as easy as possible to start and and choose somewhere which is accessible to almost everybody which is education which is just sharing your knowledge around your expert subject area which is which i feel is the key here um in in cutting through the noise in in fast tracking the process of getting out there because you could spend a lot of time trying to put together a storyboard of uh, ways to entertain your audience but that's a long process we're talking about how can we do this quickly? What would our, if you came to us and said, what was our first step? We would say educate. Yep, so I should have been clearer there. So educating and talking as an expert, um, being a teacher and educating fits really well with this particular funnel, which yeah. is selling our expertise down the line. If I was to produce content where it's me falling over stuff and taking pratfalls or I had a cute baby or whatever, and then I try and sell you on a digital marketing course, you might think, well, what's connection there's no yeah, connection yet yeah. um also those routes uh, the entertainment or the interest based routes will depend a lot on yeah creative talent uh, or being very hot if you are a beautiful person it's going to be easier um yeah, advantage yeah yeah it, yeah um, which is maybe unfair but that's is what it is um so people have different talents um what we're focusing on now is your talent in the sense that you are an expert in your particular field how do you get that across to people mm. so it's irrespective of where you live, what you look like, um, how funny you are, how good you are at speaking. Um, those things are not going to be as important as your desire to teach people, your desire to deliver value um, to other people and to help them. And that's yeah. going to be the core here. Absolutely. And the reason why, if you said, right, just break it down for us and say, what's the what's the reason why? What is the number one reason why we're recommending educating, uh, sharing the knowledge with your audience as the first go to step? Mm. Uh, and why does it work really well within this uh, funnel, which is the expert funnel? Well, I'd say the fact that you can educate will over time create a trust. And if you're writing that, it's almost a three step process will create a trust with Uh, the particular person or audience or the online world you're speaking with and then once that trust is built and the trust really there is saying I trust that this person knows what they're talking about I trust that they are an expert within this subject so I trust that the information they give me is correct uh, it's it's reliable it's results orientated and once the trust is formed or begins to form the final part is you now position yourself as an authority in that space. Mm-hmm. So it's education, trust, and authority. Once you're an authority, now you become the go-to person 
for that particular topic, subject, niche discussion. Um, and that's where you start to see later down the line, experts pop up on other people's interviews, experts get asked to write articles, experts get asked for their opinion on what's going on within a specific space or niche. You'll see them at festivals, all sorts of amazing stuff happens, but that would not have been automatic at that stage. You don't just get suddenly get a phone call out of the blue and say, hey, we know you're an expert on this space. Um, you've done nothing to prove that to us, but come and jump on a stage and speak to an audience about that. That doesn't, ha unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You're gonna have to put the work in to build the trust to then position yourself as an authority. So if, if you just said, why is this important? Trust and authority. Once you're an authority figure, now the additional powers open up to you in terms of generating revenue for your business. business. Mm -hmm. It becomes quite easy at that point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna go through today how we start to build up that trust, how we start to build up authority by educating, by teaching. Um, we do need to pick a niche just so we have an example that we can work with. Um, do you have any preferences here? Example. Okay, let's think about this. Okay, so um, what we discussed so far in the weeks, we've done yoga teachers, we've done uh, personal trainers, we've done coaches, mentors. Then last week, we. what about something within the English language uh, section? Because we had a few people start uh, get some results immediately off that day. I mean, language teaching is easy for me because I have the, um, the Chinese website. So I, I know that particular niche. Um, yeah, we could do language teaching or we could keep it a bit wider, like a coach or a mentor, personal coach. Okay, maybe a, uh, what about a life, a life coach? Um, because I don't know much about that area. So life coach or business coach would be good, I think, as a good subject area because um, life coach I have no idea about. I know they exist and, and their mm -hmm. use, but I've never really interacted with one, so I'm curious about that. Business coach, I personally have business coaches, so that's that's somewhere uh, of curiosity as well. Okay, because we don't really know what a life coach does, should we stick to business coach for now? And we can adjust this if we need to. Yeah, yeah. The whole point of us having a specific example is not because we want to exclude everyone else, it's just a lot easier for us to, over the week, build up using this, um, this imaginary client or this imaginary person. Yeah. It's a, it's a case study, it's a demonstration for you. So don't think, okay, they're choosing business coach. Oh God, I'm just going to switch off now because it's not apply, it doesn't apply to me. The steps that we're going to take you through, just swap in your business, uh, you swap in your specific area of expertise for that subject and then follow yep. along. And if you want a bit of extra help, come into Slack group, tell us what it is you're doing if you're following along mm -hmm. uh, with this process and we'll be able to uh, either add that into the lesson or talk to you directly about how you might adapt these strategies to your particular niche. But the whole point of not prepare, we haven't prepared uh, a particular business niche going into this because it is so applicable to everything. Um, yeah. So that's why I wanted to do it on the fly because we can we can, we can can model uh, any particular industry using this framework. Yeah, and, you're, and you'll see the, uh, the, the flow that we go through where it's not an exact answer, it's a, okay let's try this let's experiment with this what does this tell us um as a thought process and a thought exercise so you can almost see the kind of thought process that we go through 
when going through an exercise like this. So if we, we was to help you out in the Slack group, that description is below, uh, we would be asking you these questions so you can also go through this thought process. Um, so I like that. Okay, business coach as a niche. So what would be the first things to consider there? So the first thing we need to consider is not what do I do as a business coach uh, or what do I do in whatever my niche is. It is answering the question, what problems do people have and what problems would people come to me with so a lot of people when they start a business or really any venture they tend to start they tend to think about it from their point of view first we need to flip that around and think about the potential customers and potential clients the people who we're going to be helping what are their problems what are they dealing with in the day-to-day that we can help them with rather than approach it from yeah i've been in business for 20 years um, I, I've worked with this many people. I've quit, I have this much revenue. Like that's great. That's amazing for you. But, yeah, good job. Well, good, great job. I mean, I'm so proud of you, uh, and society's so proud of you. But for what about the other person? What we're saying is, put yourself in the shoes of the other person yeah. here. And I think this is, I mean, this is a general life lesson as well. You go to a dinner party and you meet a guy who just, and it is probably is a guy. No offense, guys, but you meet someone who, yeah. <laughs> you meet someone and he just, he just it buttonholes you for 15 minutes and tells you all about himself and then at the end of it he's like oh what about you come on man so yeah. i think this is a useful life lesson we're going to start with the other person we're going to start being empathetic to the people we're going to be helping because as educators that starting from that point of view is going to make it a lot easier to bring people uh, to us it's going to make it a lot easier to build up goodwill to build trust and authority and then yes there is a business end on the back end but we start from this place of giving uh, first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think any good coach, I mean, if specifically in the niece of, of this area, coaches, mentors, you just have to come from that place first because that's the idea of interacting with your person. It's not to do with you whatsoever. They're just coming to you for those objective skill set that you have. Yep. Um, so, so some questions to consider here is, we've got some in our notes, which is number one, what problem are you solving? So that's question number one. Number two is how are you intending to help people? How are you going to be able to help people? And then number three is who are you helping? Like who are you specifically helping? And Carl will expand on this topic in a, in a moment. Mm. Um, and if you can narrow those items down and you can get the more descriptive, the more specific you can get within those two or three questions there, the easier this, the rest of the process will be. Is, is that fair to say? Absolutely. Um, far too many people um, with work with clients, we're not going to name any names, but yeah. a lot of the time when we go into a, a discussion with a client or a potential client and we ask what we think is a very obvious question is like, uh, who's your market? Who are you selling to? Who is your customer? So, so often we get the answer like, oh, everyone, everyone could do this or... Mm. Or anyone, anyone could buy it. And they're coming at it often from the point of view that their business is so important that really everybody should be buying it and everybody could benefit from this. And that's generally not the case. Um, And even if it is, we need to kind of niche down and focus on a certain part of the market first and then kind of expand from there. But generally that your business or your coaching, your business coaching, for example, is not going to be relevant to absolutely everyone and if you go into it with that mindset it's going to be so much harder to market Mm. whereas if we work out exactly the type of person uh, and the type of or the group of people you need to be talking to your life's going to get a lot simpler yeah absolutely so um if you if if you used to break that down now you've got your description within those areas 
I think what we're really looking for is a statement. Mm-hmm. So if you said, what is the next step? What's the outcome you want from me describing and getting really specific in these areas? And what we're looking for is a very specific statement. Uh, and that is essentially, um, I help these people to become X. And we'll try, we'll try uh, put this into a business coaching perspective to give you an example. So I help these people to become X, to learn X, to master X. So that's really what we want to pull out of this in a first as a first stage thought exercise so really we want a strong statement here where we're identifying who uh, is the focus who do we want to um, help who do we want to become a certain uh, something and then also what are we going to be helping them with that's r- very much where we want to get to in terms of extracting a statement that becomes our focus and a folk getting focused in uh, this massive world of online business and 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 the amount of people that are online is going to be more fruitful than trying to attract everybody yeah. uh, to give you an example we just don't have the budget that coca-cola has we don't have the budget that maybe a large car company has we just can't compete with that. So what we need to get is hyper-focused and a statement like this will help us remain focused whilst we go through the rest of the process. Yeah, so an example here might be, um, I help London-based tech startups to reach Series A funding, would be an example, or to reach uh, their first round of funding. Mm. That would be a very specific um, statement of what you do, the kind of people you help and what you help them to do. Most business coaches, if you talk to them, will not have a succinct statement like that. They will say, oh, I, yeah, I help businesses to, you know, with their operations and their financing. Mm. And sometimes there's interpersonal stuff between the directors. Sales, HR, yeah. yeah. It's like, whoa, that's, yeah, that's great. That's, if I, if I wanted to make you a partner in my business and I know you can help with all these things, fantastic, that's great. Mm. But if we are going to be marketing ourselves online, we need to have a very, um, a very strict statement of purpose. This is what I do. I help these specific people to do this. Yeah. Um, uh, let's say you're a business coach in the nonprofit world. It might be, I help British um, nonprofits to, well, um, to. I, I, I help, help British, British nonprofits non- set up their um, social media with the intention of driving donations. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. So again, that would be an extremely, this is what I do, one, two, three, that's it. Yes, of course, you're going to have other skills and you're going to be able to help with other problems. But when you are um, when you are attracting people for the first time, people who do not know who you are, we need to do it on this, uh, this statement of purpose. And yeah. it's going to be a lot easier from that point on. Then they'll find out you're multifaceted afterwards. After watching your videos for five hours or having a telephone conversation with you, they realize, oh, yeah, they can help introduce me to private donors or they can help introduce me to um, venture capitalists or whatever. Mm. But if you include all of that in your first statement, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so I think that's some great examples. And essentially what we're saying is they don't want to hear or your client does want, does not want to hear this can help everyone because essentially if I've got a problem, I've got something specific, a challenge I need to uh, have solved, for example, how do I get donors from social media uh, through my charity? Okay, that's my challenge. So I'm not necessarily going to be interested in anything else you have to offer at that moment in time. 
I will then skip past you and skip past the next person, skip past the next person until somebody is speaking directly to me on that particular subject. Uh, yeah. So that's the key there. So that is, you don't want to go too wide. We're getting hyper-focused here. So that's the key. So what's a, uh, what's a tool? Okay, so uh, talk me through the next step um, because this is where you, you, you normally take over in our live workshop. So talk me through the next step. Once we've identified that, what's a nice... Uh, transition now to actually validate it so a lot of the time when somebody defines who it is they're talking to their audience and their potential clients it will be very vague it will be mm. oh the owners of london-based startups that's still that's still too vague if i was to ask you how old are these these uh, these people and you don't have an answer to that that's a bit of a problem we need to know their age we need to know their socioeconomic background maybe their gender if it's a gender-based uh, business we need to know what they're interested in what magazines they read what websites they visit what kind of skills do they have um, are they using an iphone are they using an android we need to know this kind of level this granularity of detail so that we can best talk to um best talk to the market and yeah. there's a free tool which allows us to do all this um and i'm going to pull it up it's very cool cool because yeah because whilst whilst you are what we're in the process of finding that information you also unlock the best way in order to actually reach them and speak to them unless we know that you know we could be sending our message to the completely wrong place where these people are not hanging out um yeah. awesome i'm going to hide you briefly which i think my, I think it mutes me, but that's fine. I'll just I'll be very quick because we've done other videos on this previously, um, and I'm not going to go into the great details. I just want to introduce what this tool is. This is a tool called Facebook Audience Insights. It's free. Uh, it's facebook.com slash ad slash audience dash hyphen insights, uh, or you can just Google search for it. Basically, uh, Facebook is primarily a platform um, Sorry, Facebook as a business is for marketers and businesses who want to sell stuff to the users of Facebook. And as such, there's a lot of back-end software, a lot of back-end tools like this, Audience Insights, which allows me as a marketer or me as a business owner to access information on uh, Facebook's users. So I can use this to get a huge amount of information, a scary amount of information. Let's say I am targeting these um, UK-based startups. So London-based startups. So I might start here in Audience Insights. At the moment, I have more than a billion people in my market size. Literally, this is everybody on Facebook. Facebook has 1.2 billion users at the moment. Um, so I'm not going to be targeting one, 1 billion people. It's a bit wide. Instead, let's put in a location. I'm going to go to London, London, England. Okay, that's dropped me down to 5 or 6 million people in London. Useful to know. Now in interests, I can type in certain interests which would be related to my niche and I can start to see the demographics. So in London, I might put in something like Silicon Roundabout, which is the name of, God, if I could type, Silicon Roundabout does not show up. Okay, let's use something else like TechCrunch. Actually, venture capital. I'm going to put in venture capital for now. So in, the, in London, there are... 45 to 50,000 people who are interested in venture capital. Not all of these people will be seeking venture capital, um, but this is one example of something that's going to help me get closer to tech entrepreneurs. If you knew specific uh, magazines or specific um, 
businesses that work in this niche, then you'd be able to plug them into interest and get the same kind of information. For now, I'm just going to go with venture capital. So this is telling me everyone in London who is interested in venture capital. So this is telling me already massive male skew. Um, two thirds of the market is male, one third is female. Relationship status, they are very single. Um, this means as a whole, this group of people are single. Uh, very few of them are married. Very few of them are engaged in a relationship compared to the averages. Education is through the roof um, compared to the average uh, Facebook user. Sorry, the average London-based Facebook user. They are plus 228% uh, postgraduates. So it's telling me extremely educated. Then I can see what kind of jobs they have here. And then I can see page likes. So this starts to give me psychographic information about who this person is, what they like. So already I'm getting useful stuff like Entrepreneurs in London is a Facebook page that a huge number of these people follow. If I wanted to start to reach out, maybe it's through the Entrepreneurs in London uh, Facebook page. Maybe that's something that I might want to uh, look at later. Funding Circle, South Bank Centre, Barbican Centre, Royal Opera House, um, Handpicked London. I mean, I can get huge amounts of information on all different aspects of their life, um, which I can then start to build into the profile of the person who I'll be talking to. So this is just a very, very, very brief look at Facebook Audience Insights. What I recommend is you jump in and start plugging in interests um, because that's the best way to see the power of this tool. Um, I just wanted to show you that it exists um, and that it is available for you to start getting that kind of granularity, that level of detail about the people you want to be talking to. So instead of just saying, I'm interested in uh, tech entrepreneurs in London, we can now start to build up a profile, find out where they buy shoes, what magazines they're reading. Um, do they go to the Royal Opera House? Yes, mm. they do, apparently. Um, what kind of level of education? Massively um, skewed towards postgraduate education, et cetera, et cetera. You can do this with pretty much any market, um, and it's just going to give you just such an amount of detail and power to be able to talk to that space as you move along. Mm, you back fantastic. On. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I'm back. I, I uh, could spend I, hours in there, but I was, I was quick. I'm glad there's water in there. Okay, so... Mm. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we've got videos um, even on this channel, actually, that go into that tool in a lot of detail. So you can go explore that. You'll, you'll be able to find that. It shouldn't be too difficult to find on this channel. So that's fantastic. And essentially what we what we really want to do here is take out the as much guesswork as possible. Take that off the table and actually focus on what the data says, because the more data, information and that we can gather early on, makes continuing to build this business a lot easier. So just to give you an example, if there's no data on our specific niche area, that could be an alarm bell to say, is it worthwhile me entering a marketplace that maybe doesn't exist or there's not enough data for? So that's one argument. The other argument to say is, hey, I'm going to go create the marketplace. That's okay, but you're probably going to need a bit more of a, uh, a business announce uh, have experience money. in business and money to go and do that <laughs> exactly and have been there before and gone and created a marketplace for yourself before if you've done that it's already unlikely you'll be listening to this at this stage but this is very much looking at identifying a market that already exists and then entering it that's the key here mm -hmm. um, and actually using the data to allow us to do that so if we're educating people 
we now need to know what to even talk to them about. Uh, can we take a data-driven approach and identify what we can talk to this audience about? Great, they exist. Number one is they exist. Number two is what do we actually talk to them about? Now, again, we've got a lot of videos on this. We go into this in detail in other areas, but just write this uh, website down as a starting point. It's called answerthepublic.com or just pop into Google, uh, answer the public. Now, what this will do is it will generate a list of, uh, what's the correct word? There's a word that it generates. It's Fre frequently asked questions. Or it, um, there's, there's a technical term, but that, I think that's that's not important. Uh, but that's the that's the term I was looking for because I get curious what it is. But there's a technical term for what the data what data actually produces. But essentially, what we're looking for is what Carla just said there, which is the frequently asked questions, and these are frequently asked questions in the online world. So this is data pulled from what people are actually asking out there. So rather it's, than it's what people are asking in Google quite specifically. Right. So if I was a tech startup, I might go to Google and type, um, how do I get funding for my London based tech starting a startup or something very specific like that? Mm. Answer the public will pull out that kind of question. Yes. Uh, and give them all to you. Yes. And that that's where we that's where we want to focus to start with. Otherwise, we fall into this trap of what do I even talk about? Mm -hmm. Well, let's again take a similar data driven approach to looking at like like we did at the Facebook audience insights data and say, okay, well, if these if this is the kind of question people are asking on Google, why don't I just start by answering those questions? So that's a really simple way to get going in regards to what do I talk about? Because that's a common question we we get then. Okay, I get it, guys. You want us to educate, but I don't even know where to where to start with this. Do I go and put together a ten hour course? Do I go to put five? What do I do? We'll actually start very simple by answering these individual questions. Yeah. And maybe maybe what we can do, Kyle, is on Friday this week we can. Uh, do because Friday we intend to do our Q and A show where we either we are either answer listeners' questions or we answer common questions in the world of the internet. So maybe we can choose one question from answer the public, uh, which which if you're watching this you get a we get a live example of how we would do that. Uh, we'll choose one from there and then we'll maybe choose one from another place. So that's that's a quick way to get started on deciding what to talk about essentially. Yeah, yeah that gives us two things we've got who who we're talking to we can use audience insights to start to refine that uh, and then what are we going to talk to them about we can get from answer the public there are for both of these uh, parameters for who and what there are a hundred plus different tools we don't want to give you all of that because not because we're holding back secrets but because it's too overwhelming we want to yeah yeah we want to give you one thing that works um uh, for each of these and so you can actually get a move on. If we give you five different options, you're not going to do anything. Um, which so, one? Yeah, because it, then it becomes, which option is the best? Okay, now I need to research which is the best one to use. Yeah. Um, oh my God, this one needs me to, to pay for it. Uh, that tool that we gave you is completely free. Mm -hmm. It's one simple starting place. Yeah, so just, just uh, yeah, both of those tools are free. So you can get started there. Okay, Carl, what is next? What do we want to focus on next? Good question. I've totally lost myself in the notes. Okay, I, okay. I, 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 I can answer that, which is, okay, so so once we know what we're talking about, um, so so just for context, we have notes prepared, but we have no idea who's going to be saying what on the notes, so we just go back and forth. Okay, so once we know... Or, or we just stop looking at the notes and then... Or go on a complete tangent and say, yeah, okay, no. what, what was we supposed to share with the audience again? Uh, 
So once we know what to talk about, then the next question naturally is how do we then capture these answers? Mm-hmm. So typically old school or sometimes the most common default is, okay, well, let me start a blog. That's, that's somewhere somebody often starts. Okay, I can answer this question. It's let me still, just take still, out. still the default, I'd say. Okay, interesting. So it's still the default. But what it means is, right, I've, I've got these questions. Answer the public is giving me, they're going to give you hundreds. But let's just say, okay, I've got five to start with. Great. I'm going to take out three, two to three hours of my evening, start typing these answers, uh, and then work out how to create a blog and publish it to the blog. And fingers crossed, somebody, uh, somebody reads the blog article. What's, what are we saying to do instead? That's, that works, but, what, but we'll talk about where that sits in the tier of how well it works right now a bit later. But what, yep. where, what are we saying instead to start with? Video. Um, we're saying do what we're doing right now, which is, is video. Um, and there's a few reasons for this. So what we're looking at here is we've looked at the who. Who are we talking to? We, we've used Facebook audience mm-hmm. insights to hone in on that. We've looked at the what. What are we going to talk to them about? We're using answer the public. Now we're talking about the how. How exactly are we going to be talking to these people? And as Hans just talked about, different ways to do it. Um, blog writing tends to be the default, um, primarily because it became like a big deal 15 or 10 years ago, and it was the way, uh, and it still is arguably, but it's mm. the way to rank yourself in Google so that when people search on Google, you're going to be appearing at the top. Now that assumes we're using Google as our main source of traffic, which may or may not be the case. We use different tools for different things, uh, depending on who our audience is. Um, but the main problem with blog writing is that it's really slow. Um, it takes time to write out blog articles, good blog articles. You can pay $5 for a 300 word blog article, but Google's too smart for that. Google will only rank actually useful information um, you can't get away with just putting any old crap up anymore. So yeah. it takes time. It, it might take a, a week, a couple of weeks um, to put together a really well-structured, genuinely valuable piece of information um, by typing it out. Because of this, we generally recommend video. Um, and there's a couple of reasons here. It's faster. The we gen, uh, We... In general, we just speak a lot faster than we do type. Um, I forget the words per minute for each, but it's several mm. magnitudes higher than speaking. We also don't necessarily um, self-edit ourselves when we're speaking. So yes, you have ums and ers. Yes, you have sentences that run on, go in different directions. But in terms of content volume, you're just producing a lot more. Whereas a lot of people, when they're typing out blog articles, they'll write a sentence and they'll be like, oh, that's not right. And they'll go back and they'll edit it. And it just, it just, it takes so so long there's also a technical aspect to that speed in that once you upload a blog article it's going to take time for google to uh, to recognize it's there and to start ranking your website whereas yeah people miss that actually yeah yeah that takes that takes a long time and google needs to see consistent effort uh, consistent content going onto a web page and even then it's going to take three to six months before you start to rise up mm. um, so it's just slow and that's not Google's fault. Google is so, Google is checking all the websites on the internet all of the time and analyzing which ones are useful. So Google's doing a good job. It just takes yeah. time, you know? It takes time. Uh, and also, it's if you look at it in terms of common sense as well, um, it, they need to see that people are 
visiting it organically? Is it a useful blog article? Like all of these things are built into their automatic process. Yep. So it's not like you would post something and then it'll get upranked just because it's new. Google doesn't order its feed based on the newest first. It's not like a it's not like a social media feed if you've got it set to newest first. It just doesn't work like that. So I think that's a big factor as well. Uh, why else is video great? Uh, yep. Why we love it is because it's the closest thing to being there in person with somebody else, especially with lockdown going on at the moment. You know, many people are defaulting to video calls, video technology, because if you can't see somebody face to face, what's the next best thing? Okay, well, it's going to be video because I can see you. You can see me. You can see me and Kyle. You can see our uh, if we're smiling, if we're mad about something, whatever, what, what are our expressions? All of those amazing things that make us human, mm. you can see that. But what you can see even uh, even more powerfully is uh, what's what we call an authentic message. Now, it's a bit of a buzzword, but you get to see the person for who they are really uh, to a point, uh, to a point, I'll say to a point, because essentially we are in front of camera. Um, I would say the, the, the myself and the car you're seeing now is pretty much who we are in real life. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty much it. I'm wearing let's, my holiday safari t-shirt today let, as an example. Less nose picking. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, you, hopefully <laughs> <you're on> <laughs> uh, I've got I've got some bad habits I do with with my beard and. Did you see um the other day that big live stream One World whatever it's called um there's lots of musicians and celebrities singing mm -hmm. for, for COVID um yeah. but there was one. People were making a big deal because one guy was playing the guitar and he hadn't made his bed. <laughs> and he's like this <laughs> superstar with his bed wasn't made behind him. I think he was, he was staying at his mum, so was it. That, that's <laughs> and amazing. His, and his bed was this big mess behind him while he was singing to, you know, however many millions of people. Demystifying celebrities. Yeah, but I that, mean, that, that's authenticity in a way. It's, yeah, that's, that's the real him. <laughs> Maybe he didn't make that bed that day. Maybe he does sometimes. Like, that's, that's the real... Uh, us now there's going to be a camera persona to a certain extent but what i would say is the closer you can get to authenticity the greater the connection and bond you will have with your audience that's mm -hmm. powerful the best people out there on youtube facebook um who have a genuine following and they got a genuine audience are just so so real and i follow people simply because they're authentic because they that's a great example carl because you don't want to follow the person who says, I make my bed every day, and then they get caught where they haven't made their bed. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the person who says, I don't make my bed, and they don't make their bed. We're looking for a real person who says what they do, and the world around them is what they talk about. So, you know, me and Carl are supposed to be professional online marketers and digital marketers, but we're also gamers. So, that can be, to some people seem weird. So we made a gamer gamified logo because that's who we are. So that's an example. Just trying to trying to give you an example of what authenticity means without diving into it. Um, okay. So what what is the final point on not the final, but just to keep it simple for today. So three three key areas on why video is amazing. Mm -hmm. This is probably um, a more practical one. Yeah, this is an interesting one because video out of Okay, you've got video, you've got audio, you've got text. These are the three main um, three main mediums you can use. Video, out of all of them, just has the most information. You you have the image, you have 30 frames or 60 frames per second, which is like lots and lots of images. Um, you have the audio as well. So you just have more information than any of the other mediums out there. And that's 
in part why it's more engaging. Um, people prefer to watch video and pe people prefer to watch video compared to um, looking at images or reading nowadays. Uh, reading online on social media is kind of a dead, uh, it doesn't really happen. And lots of people lament like, oh, people don't read anymore. But it's because it's not, it's not the fault of um, people not reading per se. It's because video is just more engaging. Um, it's a lot easier to sit and watch a 30-minute video or an hour-long video um, than it is to engage with any others. So we have the most information. It's the most engaging. And importantly, from our point of view, from digital marketers' point of view, because you have the most information going in, you can repurpose to all of the other formats. So if I write something, if I write a blog article, changing that then into an audio okay. podcast means... Okay, I'm prepared. Yeah, 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 that's perfect. So text... <laughs> If, if, I, if I've written down a blog article and then I want to turn it into a podcast, I need to sit down and re-record it. I need to speak um, to create the next uh, level, to, to create audio, audio. If I want to turn my text into a video, then I need to uh, do even more work. Whereas if we're going the other way around, if we start with video, then we can just take the audio out and we already have uh, the audio component. Or we can take the video and transcribe. So we can take the uh, what people are saying in the video and we can turn that into text. Going that way is a lot easier than going the other. So we can go from video to audio easily. We can go from audio to text easily. Going from text to audio, that's hard. Going from text to video, that's hard as well. Um, mm. So if we we can make our lives a lot easier on ourselves by just starting with the most visually, sorry, the most uh, information-rich medium, and then we can repurpose to the other ones if we want. So if you want a blog article, fine. If you want a podcast, fine. You can start with the video first and then easily get the other ones, whereas the other way around doesn't work. Yeah, it becomes extremely challenging and it takes a lot of time as well. So that's three, I mean, reasons why we think video is the ultimate method. Number one is speed. Number two is it, you, they actually get to see the real you, the authentic you, the person who doesn't make their bed. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. It was amazing. The... Um... So some some people are probably watching, thinking, "Oh God, I don't want to do video. I don't, uh, like I hate I, I hate my voice. I don't want to see my face." And I know this feeling. I used to despise being on video. I used to despise doing audio because um, I've got a bit of a lisp. So whenever I had to edit my audio, it's like, "Oh, why can't you say your s's?" Yeah. And whenever I had to see myself on video as well, I would also. It, it, it would almost be like a horror. Um, I could feel a tightness in my chest and just absolutely awful. I'm, I avoid photos, um, as Harms will attest to. Trying to get professional photos of me has been <laughs> like a, a, a job. Yeah. So I got used to this. I got used to being able to sit and talk to camera and I'm now relaxed. Um, and it just comes through practice. So if you are sitting there right now like, oh my God, I'm never going to appear on camera. Um, even though there's more information, even though it's more engaging, even though it's faster, even though it's the best way to uh, to be authentic and to be you, I'm never going to be on camera. I would just say try. Um, mm. I'm I was the most camera shy, the most audiophobic person out there, and I've I got over it. I got over myself. It's mainly your ego stopping you at this point. Um, your face is fine. Your voice is fine. Yeah, it's it's only you stopping you there. So. I know there will be people sitting at home thinking, mm, absolutely not, I'm ignoring this part of the video. I would say 
it's worth the effort pushing through that um, and being able to produce video because there's so many, so many benefits. Uh, we'll address yeah. how you can avoid it, but I don't really want to encourage not using video, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, we'll talk about other options because, you know, they're, we're not going to force you into doing something. We're just suggesting and recommending the ultimate way. But that yeah. being said, everything Carla said is completely spot on. But what I would say is, look, this video, um, you know, in one, we often talk with clients about confidence, about uh, fear busting when it comes to getting in front of video. We work with some fantastic people who uh, coach people in front of video. But to start as a starting point, come and talk to me and Kyle about uh, in Slack. It's probably a great place to chat to us about this topic. And yeah. we can even create a Slack channel, uh, which is specifically around confidence and video, if that suits you. And we can all help each other on how do we get started? What was the process? Um, and to give you some examples that you can leverage to help encourage you to get, get handy with video. We've got lots of tools, tricks, techniques, mm -hmm. uh, and ways to actually, actually start the process of video. So 100%. Um, we, we feel you. What we're saying is we feel you. We know it can be a block. We know there'll be somebody listening at home thinking, oh my goodness, did they just say, I've got to do video? Is that the ultimate way? No, 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 no. I, I want the least ultimate way. Bear with us. We'll get you there. Uh, just, I, I would say stick with us because there was a time, a year, where you know Carl wasn't in front of video like this live to an audience. So there's a starting point, but we'll get you there. So um, we've discussed essentially why video is the ultimate method here, like three core mechanisms. But we want to take it to another level without frightening you too much. Say, <laughs> video is great. Now that is, that is amazing. But let me just add another element to this triangle here. You're not, it's spoiler, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Really sorry about that. Because, yeah, yeah. But okay, so the part we want to add, which is 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 even more powerful than video itself, is live video. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I don't want to spend too much time on handling the fact that uh, about the confidence, about the human issues, because you may be sitting at home saying, "Oh, oh my goodness, I didn't know about live video." Great, I'm going to do one today. And we have clients like that. You may be saying, what the hell are you talking about? No way, live video. Have that conversation with us in Slack. Now, Kyle, why is live video right now using the, the means that we're going to be using the most powerful mechanism? Sure, sure. it's a bit boring. It's the algorithm, basically. Uh, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and hopefully LinkedIn soon, they want people to be doing live video and because they want people to be doing live video they make it very beneficial for you to play the game um, if you if you do live video they will make sure you are visible to as many people as possible whereas if you post an image it's not going to be seen by many people if you write some text it's not going to be seen by many people if you record and upload a video it's going to be seen by a few more people but not compared to doing a live video it's just the simplest way to get reach um, to get seen by as many people as possible, purely because the platforms, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, etc., want live video. Um, yeah. And to, and give you some, to give you some context on how powerful it is, uh, it's probably looking at some of our clients' data. If they produce, a, and we'll talk about platforms in a moment, where do I post the live video in a moment? Mm -hmm. But if we take Facebook as an example, a client of ours who does a live video on Facebook 
will get the same amount, probably slightly less in terms of reach than if they actually spent the minimum advertising budget allowed on Facebook. That's how powerful it is. So you can either pay to get the reach or you can get the reach for free by doing it in, in, regard, in terms of live video using that method. So just to give you an example of how powerful it is. So if you can do live video, you actually save yourself some cash when it comes to advertising in the first instance, the big first step with spending some ad budget can actually be taken away completely by using live video. Now, we don't know how long that benefit will be there for us. So at time of filming, mm -hmm. it still is powerful. Um, live video is still relatively new um, compared, yeah. to, compared to other formats. It's still yeah. relatively new. And doing it consistently changes the game. Um, and we've seen that with people we work with live video. Your first one might get, might get a handful of people watching. And these are people that would never have seen you before. So it's very powerful. Then you might get some more. But if you do it consistently, now they're going to start rewarding you for using their feature on a consistent basis. That's, that's basically in a simple, simple, simple way. Yeah. Now, the next question we often get is, what platforms do I post on? Because there's Twitch who gave us an award or gave us a badge or something like that last week, which is they cool. Keep doing. <laughs> <laughs> they keep they know where they know giving us a online e badge is going to keep us posting on Twitch. Mm. Uh, so Twitch, there's Facebook, there's YouTube, there's uh, Cura, there's uh, LinkedIn, there's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's there's this I don't know some there's probably some more, but there's Snapchat. Snapchat, Snapchat was the last one I was thinking of. So. Which one do I start with? Um, that's that's the common question. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's going to depend entirely on who you're talking to. Um, so that comes back to that question of who. So previously we were talking, if I'm a business consultant and I want to reach um, tech startups based in London, uh, then the answer is probably going to be LinkedIn because um, mm -hmm. they're all going to be on there because that's where they are trying to connect with funders, for example. And lots of the VC firms and the VCs are on, so venture capitalists are on LinkedIn. Um, they're probably also going to be on Facebook and Instagram. I'm lumping them together because Facebook own Instagram. Yeah. Um, and that will be based on the demographics because they tend to be, these tech startups will tend to be a bit, you know, they'll be in their 30s, uh, late 20s and 30s, although yeah. we go and get that data from uh, audience insights. So I don't need to make that up. I could check that. Yeah. Um, probably not going to be on TikTok, probably not going to be on Snapchat. Again, depends on their demographics. But the basic thing is here, it's going to depend entirely on who you are talking to. Um, and that's, that's the answer. I mean, it depends. Unfortunately, it's going to be the answer. If you do not really know if you can't narrow it down to one particular place then facebook is always going to be the best bet just because of their massive reach um, we saw just there in audience insights they have over a billion users um, which is a sizable proportion of yeah. the world's population uh, is 1.2 billion the last time i checked i think it might be 1.5 or so by now i don't know um, but they, they are the world's uh, one of the world's largest social media networks, yeah. and they're different to maybe the second example we'll given a moment because they they're almost like a machine in terms of you can do blog writing, you can do video production on there. In terms of live video, you can post videos, you can post images. So it's it's a it's a almost a jack of all trades platform because. You, it allows you to do pretty much everything. You've got groups, you can create communities. Um, there's a lot you can do in there. They've now introduced payment systems. 
they're very good for advertisers around specific topics or niches, but um, they will have their own limitations as well. So that's Facebook. Um, and I would, and just to summarize there, Facebook's very good for interest based, because mm. if you look at the f- audience data we saw, we're looking at a data based on what are people interested in already, which allows me now to talk into that space. If they're interested in this, they may be interested in this. If they're interested in startups, they may be interested in business coaching. So it's, tr- it's trying to create that link around interests. So what's the other big one that's worth checking in with if you don't necessarily know exactly who to talk to at the, at the early stage? Sure, so for video, um, which we are pushing, the, the big platform is going to be YouTube. Uh, YouTube is the big daddy of, of video. Um, it's probably the largest in the world. I, I'm only cautious because the largest in the world tend to be the Chinese network. So Weibo, I think, is bigger than Facebook, for example, yeah. which is crazy. And we just don't think of it. Um, the So YouTube is going to be the big one for video. The main difference that I'd like to point out, and this is... Obviously, the, this is not a strict barrier, but as you said, Facebook tends to be interest-based. I am interested in this, in jewelry mm. creation. I am interested in Demi Lovato, whatever is interest-based. Whereas YouTube and Google, because remember that YouTube is owned by Google, tends to be more um, problem-based. So I want to know how to... Um, Gosh, I, I want to learn pottery. You wouldn't go to Facebook, for example. You would probably go to YouTube instead. Yeah. So, so think like how how do I how to do this? Um, uh, give me an answer on this. So, so YouTube is basically the world's second largest search engine because um, it is part of Google. And even when you do a Google search, you'll get video results right at the top. The video results will go above any blog articles, any um, websites, because they're trying to get you to YouTube because that's they where more engagement <laughs> happens. Yeah, because they own it. <laughs> um, so yes, obviously YouTube has interest-based stuff, it has gaming, it has you know, um, entertainment, but a lot of people use YouTube um, for solutions to their problems. Oh, why is my router not working? Um, how do I how do I apply a sticker to my iPhone, a protection screen, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If you think of uh, YouTube as one of the world's largest problem-solving engines, for you as an expert, for you as an educator, it's a really good platform for that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, and, and if you think about a business coach, uh, what kind of things are people asking about? Well, we've already got that from Answer the Public, mm-hmm. but we'll essentially be trying to talk into that space. So you made a really good note here. If you want to summarize this, broadly this is not an exact science but if you think about youtube as focusing on somebody's need and Mm. facebook as focusing on somebody's want so that's a nice way just to have two categories to think okay where is my focused my that niche statement i created what platform best serves that niche statement where are the people that may be looking for my service what what platform are they on and now this will also depend on your product service too so Let's say you only work with people who are actually running a startup and they're actually um, seeking funding at this particular moment. That's a need, not necessarily a want. Whereas a want or a desire might be somebody who is interested in starting up a startup, but they haven't quite got to that point yet. So Facebook and Instagram might be better for those people, the people who are um, they have the desire to have a startup. Mm but they haven't taken that step. So if you sell services helping people take that first step, then Facebook and Instagram 
and the want-based market, the desire-based market might be better for you. Whereas if you are only interested in talking to people who are already up and running, that already have a business, they already have revenue, they have profit, then it's going to be uh, YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is one caveat here, which is, you know, in the ideal world, ideal scenario, if your machine is strong enough, we would like you to be everywhere. We'd like you to be on all platforms, attracting audiences in every single area possible. But this is all about a first step. So yep. if you are, if you may be sitting here thinking, okay, I've mastered Facebook. I didn't really look at YouTube. You may now choose that as your second platform to expand on. Or you may be sitting here thinking, I'm not on any platform. I haven't established myself on any platform, which is the first place to go to. Well, it could be Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just have a look at um, where you think your audience is. So ideally, we'd like you to be everywhere, but we also are realists. We want you to start. Uh, we want you to take that first step as well. Yep. So another, okay, so now it's great. So now we've covered live video. Um, whether or not you like it or not, that's, that, is, that is the ultimate way. So live video. What is, let's give the listeners before we close off today's show, let's give the less listeners maybe our not so preferred methods or that they work, they're great, but they come low on the ranking in comparisons to video. Sure. So the big one here right now, um, of the times is 2020. The big one now is podcasts. Um, podcasts have been growing for the last few years, um, but they're really starting to... <sighs> Previously, you talk to people and they're like, "Oh no, I don't listen to podcasts." They, they kind of, knew, yeah, they, yeah, they, they knew what a podcast was, but it's like, no, that's that's not something I do. Um, we're starting to break through that barrier where it's no longer um, a strange, a strange thing to do. Um, so it's reaching a much larger market all of a sudden. Mm. Um, so podcasts are great. Uh, obviously, it depends on your format. If it's just you as an expert talking. I've I've been researching this. There's very few single person podcasts. Um, yeah, and there's um, a reason why normally you have two people, uh, or you have guests because that conversation um, style tends to work a lot better than podcasts. Um, I'd like to be proven wrong. If you know any uh, single person podcasts, I'd love to uh, hear about them because I was trying to I was trying to find someone. It's really tricky. So I think in the within this niche area, there's very few. I would agree. So unless you are already an expert, so so some people are already a very high profile um, outside of podcasting. When they move over to podcasting, it just becomes a different medium for them. So um, I'm thinking Hardcore History by Dan Carlin. Yeah. Um, you know, he talk, I'm thinking Seth Godin, his podcast Akimbo. Um, it's just him riffing on a podcast for 20, 30 minutes on a subject. Um, but I agree with Kyle. The magic is in being the being the fly on the wall, listening into this conversation. That mm. seems to be what the magic item is when it comes to podcasts, interviews, conversations between friends. You know, it, it could be me and Kyle here talking back and forth on the topic of the online business, building businesses online. Um, very much you're watching us and listening into that space as if you're part of the conversation. I think that's where the magic is. And I think our recommendation would be to still follow the format of video and then pull the audio for your podcast. Now, that would be a preferred method. A good example of that is somebody like um, Joe Rogan. 
uh, one of the biggest podcasts on the planet. Tim Ferriss is another big podcaster. Some of his are recorded live video where he can, mm-hmm. and then they audio. If not, they're just audio via a Skype call or something like that. It depends on, I guess, it depends on whatever their variables mm-hmm. are. So, so Joe Rogan, for example, he's sitting in the studio with his guest. It's yeah. all recorded. It's live streamed. I'm pretty sure it's live streamed. Live streamed. I think it's streamed live on. Sometimes they're not, but sometimes they are. Yeah. And then they just rip the audio out and upload that as the podcast. So again, we were talking about information density. If you have a video which has audio in it, you already have the basis of your podcast right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas going the other way around is is much harder or impossible. Yeah. So if you are going to do a podcast, just shoot the video anyway. Um, and mm. then you have two different versions you have the video and you have the audio of course uh, unless unless look your art form is that audio style but what we're talking about is expert funnel we're talking about getting leverage we're getting reach so preferred is video then podcast i ripping it but if you don't if you're saying i'm not doing video no way then ideally podcast would be a great next step mm. so leverage audio because what audio has is audio and the potential for text which takes us on to the next item which is if you don't want to do audio for whatever reason, that's not, that's not the discussion of today. If you don't want to do audio, the next lowest ranking item would be, uh, imagine text then. Yeah, you're back at a blog. Um, blogs work. There's certain ways to do it. You need to make sure it's valuable. You need to make sure your articles are long. Um, generally, articles over a thousand words or one and a half thousand words do a lot better. Uh, they need to be information packed. Um, it's going to take you time produce these and then it's going to take a while for uh, Google to start picking it up after but it does work um, if you have the time and if you have the patience um, to go through that process so my one of my um, businesses sensiblechinese.com is primarily based on blog writing so I wrote these long guides and Harminder knows when I write I go long like long is easier for me so I'm fine with that Um, I wrote these great big long guides uh five years ago or so and they still get thousands and thousands of people coming to that website um, each month because i created these very valuable guides a long time ago um as long as you're willing to commit to that kind of level of content creation rather than a couple of hundred words uh once a week yes then you'll be fine it's gonna have to be consistent it has to be long it needs to be valuable um, yeah and yeah. then, even then, you need to wait uh, three to six months before you start to pick up traffic. Exactly. So, uh, you know, look, going back to this, our preferred method is live video, mm-hmm. which allows you to pull out some video clips, potentially. Um, then that pull, enables you, allows you to pull an audio, which can be converted to a podcast, which then allows you to create a, a blog article, a guide, etc. Now, within each of these in the future, I'm sure we'll do something specifically on these topics. Um, podcasting is right now one of a passion of mine as well. I've got a, a separate podcast and we're hoping to turn this into a podcast as well. So if you're listening to this now, we have officially converted the video into audio podcasts. We're doing as we're... If you're sitting at home like, what, what are they talking about? I can't see it. <laughs> I can't see it. If you, Okay, so it's a triangle. At yeah, the base that? of the triangle is a live video as the, as the most important, the highest impact task. Now, what the live video has is the density of, I like that word, of video audio and text now the next level up on that uh, triangle is video next level up is audio and once we have the audio we can pull the text from that audio and that's that makes the the top of the pyramid which has the least impact 
potentially in regards to this machine that we're talking about here. So that's that's it. But with these uh, videos, etc., I always recommend watching parts of the show or checking in as well. So, okay, deep breath. Today we have focused on, um, and uh, if anything has been like, whoa, okay, I need some more detail on that. The Slack group. That's what it's there for. We've uh, rushed through this. I mean, we've got it done in an hour and ten minutes. This, yeah, which I'm happy about. We've, I mean, we have a course on this kind of stuff and. 12 week program. I mean, this made up about six weeks of a 12 week program that we ran yeah. um, late, uh, late 2019. And in um, the 10 hour course, this is at least three or four hours. Like mm. we've given you a survey and we've given you exactly, we've given you one tool from each of the main, um, main areas. So who are you talking to? Facebook audience insights. What are you going to talk about? Use, uh, answer the public. How are you going to talk to them? Live video, dumb. Mm. Uh, we're not going into details about all of the different things you could be doing here. Uh, we're just giving you the one uh, tactic, the one mm. strategy you should be following right now. I've got a book on my desk called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Just, just oh, weird. Yeah, it's just sitting on my desk. There we yeah. go. So, and, and with the purpose of today being attracting an audience's attention, how do you get your message, your educational message, if you remember, out to the world in order to start to say, oh, okay, that person knows what he's talking about. Ah, that person knows what he's talking about. That person seems interesting. Uh, I think he knows about this topic quite well. Let me, I'm interested in this. Let me now follow him. That's the, that's what we're trying to build. We're trying to build that kind of traction, that kind of energy online. So that's what we spoke about today around your expert business. We used a business coach as an example in the case study today when we looked at items, but that can be swapped in and out for whatever your particular niches that you've identified in part one of this show, which is what is your statement? You know, who is this for and what are you going to be providing them? That's the key there. One so, thing. One thing. Uh, but we did, like Carl said, we did cover a lot today. And that's a, uh, he, you summarized that great. So I guess we've got a bunch of to do's here as well. So um, maybe if you just kick off with the first three and I'll close off with the, with the bottom two, just so, so we sum, sum it up because these are, there's plenty of stuff here which are actionable, which you can immediately start to do. Sure. So the first thing is kind of a mindset change. Um, it is becoming comfortable with the idea of becoming an educator, becoming comfortable with the idea of, okay, I'm going to have to give away some information and help people um, off the bat with the um, with the expectation that further down the line, I can build a business off this. If you forget that sales funnel, go back to yesterday. That's Monday's um, lesson, which was number episode 10, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the first to do is, okay, you're going to become an educator. Be cool with that. We need a mindset change. You're going to be building trust through education and you're going to have to get used to sharing information. Okay. Nice and easy. If you're already with us on that one, great. Um, if you need to kind of talk that through a bit more, come to the Slack group. Second is you need to have a written statement of what it is that you do, who it is that you help and what you help them with. Um, so we gave an example earlier of I help uh, London-based tech startups to raise venture capital. You need something that succinct, um, something that rolls off the tongue, something that doesn't take 20 minutes to explain to people with you know exceptions and oh and I can do this and I can do this we need something that's one sentence um, and that needs to be written down not something that you're just kind of constantly configuring in your head mm -hmm. so write down your statement of who you are what you do how you help people done third one 
go and check out Facebook Audience Insights. That is the tool that I introduced. It's free to use. Um, we have additional videos on kind of diving into the depth of it. You don't need to do that right now. Just go on and have a play around and you can see how much information is there. It's a really cool tool. Mm. Um, try to plug in some interests related to what you already know about your audience. And then you start drawing out information like um, how old are they? What age groups are they in? Gender? Is there a gender skew? What are they interested in? What locations are they in? Married, education level, etc. Start to build up this picture of who these people are based on that information. Fantastic. So that's the first three items. Now the final two is, um, if you remember what we spoke about, which is take the guesswork out of the equation when we've determined everything Carla said so far, and we're going to now talk to our audience. The best way to do this is actually find out what people are asking so we can then answer their question that's the key here and give you a tool answer the public that's a great starting point the key really here's the message is let's not assume that we th we know what they're going to be asking because look we're an expert in the subject it's very hard to place ourselves back to you know a decade ago it could be two decades three decades when you started this particular subject you know we started your journey on becoming an expert naturally organically within this topic area so we can't assume that we know what they're going to be asking mm -hmm. so let's get some proof let's get the data and i'll start talking into that space so that's number four then the final thing to do is get comfortable with video now i know that might be a tricky one come talk to us in the slack group about that in terms of the confidence side of things but very much the big takeaway from today should be the final takeaways i'm going to use video now, if I can't use video for whatever reason, I'm going to then create a podcast or some kind of audio uh, technique podcast is uh, suggested today. If I can't do a podcast, look, I, I can't even hear the sound of my own voice. That's fine. Then it's going to be down to a blog. Now, we've discussed the pros and cons for each of these. We spent a bit of time on uh, video, specifically live video. So please get comfortable with that. We can share some some techniques and tools. But a final message to leave you with is go and have a look at uh, one of your favorite YouTubers, uh, one of your favorite video people that you typically watch video people, somebody that you typically watch on video. <laughs> yeah, uh, that on, uh, on YouTube's a good place because what YouTube allows you to do is you can sort that YouTube creator's video in order of upload. Now, some of the best YouTubers or video creators have been producing to camera video for, I mean, I'm talking about a decade now. Mm -hmm. So the simple task is go and have a look at their videos and what they look like, what they sounded like, the kind of stuff they said, the vibe, the quality. Have a look at that 10 years ago and have a look how they progressively improved as the years go by. So you may want to skip three years. You may want to have a look at one video per year and see that progression to where they are now. For everybody, it's a step by step by step by step process. That's the key. So you know, and we tend we tend to look at someone like Gary Vaynerchuk and think, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. Look how polished, look how uh, well spoken he is. Look at the great lighting and the set design, etc. We're looking at the end result. Go back and look at the first videos, and they're rough. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe Rogan's ones were a big wake up call for me. I, I just thought he was always a celebrity. When actually, when I looked at some of his older videos. It was him and a couple of friends, like a video stream like this, and they were just sitting on their couch. 
you know, at home. There was no studio and they were just talking the same kind of subjects that they talk about now, probably be probably a bit more um, ruder or more aggressive. But now it's really a fantastic show. He's got his own studio. But if you look at the journey, the journey is fantastic to see. Now, sadly, we all have to go on that process and that journey to get to a certain level of hey i'm great and even when we get there there's still another level to get to there's still another level to get to but the key here is to use that example or that case study to be encouragement in order to get started with live video and that's where we are now final three things subscribe to the show uh, so you don't miss it doesn't matter what platform you're watching it on facebook youtube twitch get subscribed so you don't miss it we're here monday to friday especially during lockdown every day at 12 o'clock we stream live so that's the first step number two is come and join the conversation within the slack group that link is below as well uh, slack will ask for your email we don't specifically need that that goes to them we don't even see it and then you'll come enter the group and then come ask us questions we've had a few listeners already jump in and ask us questions the earlier you jump in the more time you're going to get with us that's uh that's just the nature of uh, having uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in a group versus when it starts so jump in early um come chat to us be a part of that as, as we start to grow the bbo show and finally uh we're going to keep leveraging to last week i'll get the show numbers in my head but essentially we've got a big list of items to help everybody out during covid19 during lockdown in order to boost your income with lots of different ways and more specifically 200 plus different ways to make money online. Uh, it's exciting list, it's been researched, the crap's been left out of it. So no weirdness in there. It's a legit list, genuine list. Go check that out, 200 different items. And then watch last week's episodes or show episodes to then get some guidance on how we categorize that. So those are three things to help you out right now. And that's myself and Carl signing off from today. Have a great day, everyone.